I'm Khalil A. Colonna, and this is Nashville. If you've been in Nashville for a while, you've probably heard someone say something like, you know the city was designed for cars, but sit in traffic long enough, and you might start to question that. As our city and region continue to grow, so does congestion on our roads. One thing that could help alleviate some of that congestion, commuter rail. But even with train tracks all over the place, we still have just one option for passengers, the WeGo Star. Today, we'll talk with writers, experts, and advocates about how we ended up with the system we have and ask, what's the future of rail in our town? And it's, it's not just the city of Nashville looking into expanding passenger rail. The state of Tennessee just finished a study of its own that looks closely at what the expansion of Amtrak could look like throughout the state. Amtrak, of course, runs long-distance trains between tr cities and across states. WPLN's Blaze Ganey has looked at the study and has been covering options about rail from state lawmakers over the past year. Blaze, it's always great to have you on the show. Thanks for being here, my friend. No, no problem. Love to be here. Always great. So, you know, tell me what what what's re what's really with all of this Amtrak hubbub? What spurred all of this attention? Well, Tennessee is one of the few states in this region that has barely any Amtrak routes. Uh, the only one is in Memphis, and that goes up to Illinois and down to Louisiana. So the company wants to expand more throughout the state, and they have been for a while. In 2021, they released a full plan on their website that showed a proposed Atlanta-Chattanooga-Nashville route, and they were ready to spend some federal dollars on getting that plan done. Uh, Democrats have been asking for it, but just last year, the governor gave the Department of Transportation here in the state clearance to do a study on the benefits and which routes would be the best. So I think what everyone wants to know, the thing that really helps us get a mental picture of all this, where specifically could the new routes run? So the study found that uh, five routes could or should be established to get the most use and be most more effective for riders. Uh, they broke them out into tiers, the first being from Nashville through Chattanooga to Atlanta. Uh, the tier two includes Memphis to Nashville and Chattanooga to Knoxville, then Bristol is the second uh, part of that tier. Tier three would connect Tennessee to other states. One route would be extending the existing Illini and Saluki Amtrak routes to Memphis. Uh, they predict that would provide a greater and more convenient frequency for the current Amtrak route that goes towards Chicago. And another would connect Nashville to Louisville. All right, what would that cost? So the report actually didn't provide a cost analysis. However, it did say that uh, for more intrusive projects, it'd be in the billions of dollars range. Mm -hmm. And everything I just described is probably more intrusive. So billions of dollars is what we could expect that to cost. Uh, but it also talked about uh, the economic gain from the project. In the first tier alone, the Nashville to Atlanta route could potentially produce a total economic output of $18.2 billion. Mm. So what's the likelihood that expansion will actually happen? Well, it's clear that several state lawmakers on the Democratic side are for it. Nashville lawmakers Heidi Campbell and John Ray Clemens have been pushing for Amtrak uh, to come here for years, um, as well as Memphis Representative Antonio Parkinson. On the Republican side, there hasn't been much enthusiasm about it, but the U.S. Department of Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg has talked highly about the project, as well as 
um, others in, in the community. Um, however, it'll be interesting to see moving forward if uh, Governor Bill Lee and the General Assembly will actually put forth the effort to work with nearby states and Amtrak to get this done. All right. Now, switching tracks over to the local passenger rail service, the WeGo Star. This is our one commuter rail line that runs a couple times a day between Lebanon and Nashville. About 400 people ride each day, which is not even half as many as pre-pandemic times. Now, I understand you attended one of the community engagement meetings last week. What were people saying? Yeah, I went to the Donaldson community engagement meeting, and it was a pretty good-sized crowd, about maybe 40 people in total. And most people were just asking that there be more routes, um, uh, security at the stops, uh, but I think the main concern is just having more routes, more frequent uh, times that they can get on the train and get to downtown Nashville. Okay, so out of everything you heard, what stuck out as something riders most want? I think the the routes, more routes, um, and more convenience uh, after you know getting to downtown Nashville. Right now, you would mostly, if you want to go out west, you have to take a bus. Uh, to the main uh, hub, uh, Star Metro hub, and then you would have to take another bus to get, you know, out west. Uh, the only thing that they could do right now is build more tracks or try to contact um, Amtrak to be able to use, or CMX, sorry, to, to use the other trail, uh, other tracks. What was WeGo's response to what riders wanted, their desires? S- yeah, so while they say it could be worked out, it'd take a lot to add an additional route. Um, as I mentioned, the train already runs 12 times, three in the morning, three in the, you know, three going and coming in the morning, so that's six. And then in the afternoon, it does the same thing. Uh, Robert Johnson, the transit planner for WeGo, explained. There's this huge safety technical barrier of this new type of signaling system that the federal government requires. Uh, it's way, way, way exceeding the costs of the of the money that we have available at the moment so that is the number one question how can we run more trains and that signaling system is called positive train control or ptc for short in short it's a system that helps to make sure trains don't crash or derail simply put right now that isn't a requirement for we go star but if they were to add just one more route it would become one and that would cost a lot. I've heard it ranges from 20 to $50 million. Mm. Um, in order to get approval to spend that much, they need to be able to show investors that it's an investment that's worthwhile. Uh, right now, with just about 400 riders a day, it may be sort of hard to do that. All right, so adding one more daily run would be expensive. Did they talk about any possible workarounds to this? So not directly to adding midday routes, but they did speak about how they can better coordinate bus routes to make it so more people would be willing to take the train downtown in order to get to work. Um, One of the major issues seemed, like I mentioned earlier, was anybody traveling west, they have to first go to the hub and then go from there to uh, West Nashville, which uh, one person was telling me it just riding the bus alone would take as long as it takes from her to get out from here in Donaldson all the way to downtown on our own. Mm. We are going to dive deeper into this with today's show. All right, that is Blaze Ganey, WPLN's state politics reporter. You can check out his latest story on today's episode posted. This is Nashville.org. Blaze, as always, thanks for helping us kick off this hour, and thank you for your reporting. Thank you. 
We have to take a short break. When we come back, we'll look at how we got our current and only commuter rail option, the WeGo Star. Do you take the WeGo Star? What do you think? Tweet us at This Is Nashville. We'll be right back. Kaliole Colonna, and this is Nashville. People who've lived in New York or the Bay Area can tell you about the wonders of commuter rail. Having a robust subway and rail system can make the commute to and from work a much more pleasant experience than sitting behind the wheel stuck in traffic. Nashville has only one commuter train, the WeGo Star, which runs from Lebanon to Nashville, but it only runs a dozen times a day. Still, the people who do take the Star really appreciate it. My next guest is a regular on the WeGo Star. I'd like to introduce Sarazin Kokodinsky to This Is Nashville. Sarazin, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Okay, so tell me, how often do you take the train? So I take the train um, between one to two times uh, a week uh, for work. Did you ever use the service five days a week before? I did. So pre-pandemic, um, I did take the train on a regular basis. So that was probably about four or five times a week. Okay, so I understand you're from East Tennessee, but you lived in Chicago for a while before moving to the Nashville area. How did you enjoy your commuting experience in Chi-Town? Oh, it was awesome. It was really amazing, especially coming from a more rural community. Um, I sold my car when I moved up there and was able to just get around only on public, and I really enjoyed that. Okay, so tell me, what was something you thought when you moved to the Nashville area? Well, um, I, I thought I might be able to cobble together a commute um, through transit, but that became difficult and added a lot of extra time. So it ended up that I just carpooled with my husband into work instead. You were carpooling, but then you found the WeGo Star. What do you love most about taking the train? I love um, the freedom I have on the train. I love not being in traffic. <laughs> <clears throat> um, I love having the time on the train to read a book or catch up on work or do whatever I want to do and not having the, the stress of being in, in gridlock. Um, and to be able to reduce my environmental impact is awesome, too. It really just really improves every day when you don't have to worry about some of those stresses that we normally go through with commuting, right? Yeah, definitely. Well, those are words of those words are music to my next guest's ears. Eric Melcher is the public information officer for WeGo Transit. Eric, thanks for being here. Welcome to This is Nashville. Thanks for having me. Okay, so how does it feel to hear Star is getting such high praise? Oh, it it's always feels good. In fact, that was the first question I asked her. We were out in the waiting room. I said, how is your experience? Because, you know, we know we've got limitations, but what we really have to promise is how is your experience now with the way the system is? And, and for the most part, people are, are very positive. Um, I mean, a lot of the star has to do with the uh, express buses that connect down at Riverfront Station uh, to get people uh, to Vanderbilt and to uh, other businesses downtown. So all of these things that we have seem to operate really well and people enjoy them. There's just not enough. Not enough of them. Now, the service started in 2006, so it's been around for a while, right? That's correct. Yeah, it's been around. And it's interesting. It started kind of as a pilot program. Um, originally, the RTA, which is the Regional Transit Authority, was was talking about, um, you know, they've had commuter buses. Um, that's why they were formed back in 1988. And so the idea was, let's go ahead and bring in um, uh, some commuter rail as a pilot. 
and uh, is one of the few lines that you could actually do that on because it's a public railway and um, it was actually available to us. So um, it started out as a pilot and uh, quite frankly, it, it has just stayed a pilot, I, I think because of some of these infrastructure issues. Um, you know, as Blaze was discussing, we have uh, requirements by the federal government in terms of how many trips we can take a day. And um, we're also sharing the rails with the freight service. So uh, that kind of limits us. But for the people that use it, they love it. And uh, and I've been on it, and it is, it's an enjoyable service. Now, tell me a little bit more about that. Sarazin just gave you the thumbs up. But what have you heard from other riders? What do they really like about taking the service? Well, I think it's that. It's just cutting through traffic. Plus, you have trees all around you for the most part until you get into the city. You get some more city stuff. But it's a very pretty travel uh, trip. Um, it's, um, it's relaxing. Um, there's a lot of camaraderie on commuter uh, rail uh, lines. In fact, Sarazen, do, do you have uh, people that you know on the on the train now? So I have people that um, I've gotten to know better that I work with. So folks that I would see, you know, periodically at work, I've been able to sit down and have conversations with them that I wouldn't have otherwise because they're yep. in other offices, other areas at, at Vanderbilt. So that has been nice. Yeah. And in fact, you know, on the East Coast, as you probably remember, there's people that they've their entire lives, they have friends that they've made on the train. They commute with them and they have a little cocktail hour at, uh, you know, 530 when they're uh, when they're headed home and the uh, commuter rails in uh, Connecticut. And uh, it, they, they treat it as a little party. It's kind of fun to see because until you see it in action, you might not fully understand um, just how convenient and, and kind of relaxing that can be. Now, you kind of alluded to this earlier before, but, you know, we go is in its own unique unique, specific category, that's got something to do with size, right? Yeah. Well, I think it's actually, it's it's size and equipment. And it's in terms of, um, you know, the way we operate right now would be a class three railway, which, uh, you know, we have certain requirements in terms of the number of trips we can take, speeds, and we have to be very careful about speed, especially with high winds, other issues. Um, and uh, the passing um, is also the issue. We are operating in scheduled freight on that line, even though it's a public railway, it, it still has freight as well. And um, so we have to schedule that. And RJ Corman, uh, who runs it, does a great job. They do a fantastic job. They actually run the whole star service for us. And uh, we're very good partners with them. And, um, you know, we appreciate it. They're doing the best they can. It's just these all are things that have to be taken into consideration when we talk about adding trains in the evening. Um, you know, when we talk about adding concert trains on a weekday, um, mm -hmm. you know, we'd have to cancel a, a commuter rail um, trip. So let me ask you about that. Why, yeah. why the limitations? Why can't we have Beyonce was in town a couple weeks yeah. ago. Why couldn't people take the train to Beyonce? It was a Saturday night. Why can't we have trains on weekends? What are the limitations? Well, you know, on the weekends. Uh, primarily Saturday and Sunday, you're talking about money. And it really is, we need a sponsorship to be able to run a special train. It, it's an expensive uh, project, but um, when we do it, it usually either is a community event in which Metro is heavily invested, like the July 4th fireworks uh, or New Year's Eve. And um, that's something that then we know does very popular. Um, and so it will uh, support itself. But for other things, we need sponsors. So the Titans sponsored the Titans Express, and that's been become very popular. A lot of folks use that to come in and they really enjoy it. It's the same way as the commuters. They get to know people on the train. They're actually having some fun while they're traveling to the game as opposed to sitting there in traffic and, you know, kind of snarling about it. So <laughs> it's exciting, but that's what we take. It really takes sponsors. We're always up to, to be able to get uh, uh, new sponsors, but we've never been approached by uh, concert promoters. Uh, there just hasn't been any interest in that. And uh, I think that's what it would take. Now, during the weekday, only six trips allowed per day. 
uh, 12 trips allowed per day, six going and six back. You mentioned something with federal regulations. What is the federal regulation that only limits us to taking 12 total trips a day? Well, it's part of that technology, the positive train control. Um, and, uh, and so for us to be able to advance, we have a special waiver um, that allows us to uh, operate um, in the fashion that we do now. And it's been like that, you know, for the entire time. That has not changed. What we really would need is, um, you know, and it's not just positive crane control technology, but also the infrastructure with the passing sightings and uh, things of that sort for us to be able to truly be able to uh, do more trips. Now, Sarazen, you commute during the work week. Would you like to see the service expanded? Oh, sure. Definitely. I mean, I think like the folks have said at these different um, city meetings, um, I'd love to see more frequency. I'd love to see, um, I know that my coworkers would love to see more more train lines uh, developed into their suburbs for sure. So those are the types of things I think people are really looking for. If you're just tuning in, this is Nashville, and I'm your host, Kaliole Colonna. We're talking this hour about commuter rail and the WeGo Star. Is our city ready for a robust rail system? Tweet us your thoughts at This Is Nashville. Now, I'd like to bring in my next guest. Ralkin Wagner is a public transit advocate and historian who's the author of Nashville Streetcars and Interurban Railways. Ralkin, thanks for joining us. Welcome back to This Is Nashville. It's good to be back. So, you know, anyone in the city can see that there are tra- train tracks all over the place. Getting stuck in traffic and waiting for a freight train to pass is almost like a rite of passage here. Yes. You know, help us understand why those established tracks can't be used for commuter rails as well as freight trains. Well, CSX, that uh, which is a private company, I'm, I guess answerable to share stockholders, uh, they own all the tracks coming in, the main tracks coming into Nashville, other than the ones the Star currently uses. Um, all the main corridors that people would like to see commuter trains on, uh, such as going to Hendersonville, Gallatin, also Smyrna, Murfreesboro, uh, perhaps Franklin, those are all C- CSX tracks. And uh, like other railroads, CSX has a lot of freight traffic. Their heaviest, uh, one of their heaviest lines in Tennessee is the one between Nashville, Chattanooga, and Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So they are, the, the railroad is uh, beat at capacity. It's uh, pretty much all, as was mentioned earlier, it's pretty much in all, those are all single track lines with passing sidings. Uh, if they could afford to double track or have two parallel tracks running, that would be the ideal, ideal situation. And it's for that reason that because they're at capacity uh, that they cannot, um, they can't think about or won't even consider running passenger trains. The big problem um, about our not only am uh, commuter service but Amtrak service is no one has approached TSX about getting permission to run. As far as I know, or at least we haven't heard about it, we hear this and that about, oh, there'll be Amtrak service, or yes, we need to add this or that, but they haven't really conferred with the railroads, or if they had, they would probably be turned down. Uh, getting getting one, to add one more thing as an example for this, that my wife and I witnessed firsthand Sunday morning, we were on our way to church, and there was a train um, headed into town I, uh, from Chattanooga, and um, we the train, I guess it was waiting to get into Radnor Yard, the big classification yard, 
and it the train just stopped blocking uh, Thompson Lane. Mm. This was Sunday morning for at least 20 minutes, and it didn't move. It was just sitting there, and this happened several times on several streets, mainly um, Thompson Lane and some other big major streets such as Chestnut, 4th Avenue South, and that's becoming a bigger problem, which is mainly due to the increased freight traffic, uh, the, the railroad running longer freight trains, um, things mm -hmm. like that. Yeah, and I know I got caught in a situation like that when I first moved into town. I officially made myself a Nashvillian then. You know, give us some, a little bit of a historical context. Like, how long has our city been trying to establish commuter rail as a solid means of transportation? Okay, during the 1990s, uh, the same railroad that's now R.J. Carmen, it was the Nashville and Eastern, uh, partnered with what was uh, MTA and RTA back in the 1990s to run a series of demonstration trains. And they used uh, the equipment of what was then the Broadway dinner train and also got some other cars from a, an excursion operator. And they successfully operated some uh, some experimental routes, um, trains between uh, Nashville and Donaldson to start with. And in subsequent years, they expanded it to Hermitage and eventually Mount Juliet. And the trains were very successful. And Representative uh, Bob Clement, who is... Yeah, U.S. congressman, uh, pushed to see if we could expand that. And through a lot of his efforts and also uh, M MTA, which is now WeGo, and RTA, they eventually got the, uh, the star established. And as mentioned earlier, it started in 2006, and it's been successful. And it has the unique distinction of being one of the most affordable lines to get started mm. compared to other lines across the country. And hey, affordable infrastructure is something that we all yes. really want. I know city officials are happy about. Now, Eric, you know, we know that expansion is challenging, to say the least, but how would we go like to expand the star service? Well, I think certainly being able to offer more trips. Um, you know, as a commuter service, we have to ask ourselves, you know, what is the star? As you said um, in, in your earlier report, actually, Blaze's reporting, in terms of um, commuter traffic, it's down quite a bit. So we may have to reconsider, and that's part of this uh, WeGo Star study that we're doing currently, um, part of the, some of the meetings that Blaze talked about going to. We're doing a survey right now. We'd love to hear from people at uh, wegotransit.com. They go to the community page and uh, click on the WeGo Star Transit Study and take that survey. Um, but that's what we're trying to figure out is is what other ways could we use the star uh, to be able to support people and, um, you know, find out if there is, um, you know, that will to put in that investment to be able to take it to the next level. Developers certainly want that. I mean, we've had a high degree of uh, interest in uh, Donaldson Station area. And, and um, you know, the alderman in that area is really thinking about building an entire neighborhood built around that station, a new library mm. to kind of give Donaldson its own little downtown. And, um, you know, that's based on on the transit. And so when people move in from other cities, they see this and they, they know this from Chicago or from, you know, Boston or, or wherever they're coming from. And they expect to see that. They expect to be able to live near a transit line and be able to take it. So... I think that the developers are certainly pushing for this as well. So I think that the will is there. It's just a question of, of the funding. So you're saying something that's really interesting to me. Are you saying that developers and people of Nashville are both <laughs> in agreement <laughs> yeah. about 
having more access to commuter rail. Now, in transit in general, you know, it's interesting. Developers are always investigating to see where there are transit lines and where transit lines will be improved because that's a benefit, especially to apartment dwellers, and especially these days. Um, you know, we were just uh, uh, out at the North Nashville Transit Center, which is for buses, and that, uh, yesterday, and that's Urban Housing Solutions has an apartment complex there. It's affordable housing. And um, it's a tremendous advantage to their folks. We have good partnerships with them because they're going to have this uh, much nicer transit center there. So it, it's absolutely something that people look for. Um, and the same thing I think will be going on with Antioch, with our uh, transit center down there. There's uh, talk about trying to get developers interested in building affordable housing at that site because of a transit center coming in. Okay, so what are some of the obstacles to getting some of these things in place and happening? Yeah. I mean, it's annual funding and it's capital funding and um, the infrastructure is capital funding. Um, and as I say, it'd be in the tens of millions of dollars. Um, but as we've said, the star is um, definitely the place to start because it is incredibly affordable um, next to, um, you know, other uh, ways that we would have to add uh at rail. So um, the star is definitely the place to start. It's just a question of getting us up to date on the technology, building the uh, infrastructure out some, and, um, you know, continuing to work with the freight lines that operate on that system. Um, but, you know, I th I'd love to see uh, people like Sarah's and be able to take that in on a Friday night, you know, or stay in on a Friday night and at work and come back later and, you know, go out with friends. All these things, I think, uh, will be what makes the difference for uh, people with, uh, you know, rail transit. Now, Sarah's and you fell in love with public transit in Chicago, you move here to Nashville. Did the star affect where you chose to move and to live? I would say yes. I mean, there was a lot of different factors that led us toward Mount Juliet, but our specific location, I'm, I'm only six minute drive um, from the station. Uh, so I can't ask for much better than that. And, and I really enjoy living so close to the line. That's pretty convenient. Yeah, definitely. Mm. What are what are we as an entire city and region? What are we missing out on by not having an expansive rail system? I mean, I think that um, there's just a certain. It's it's interesting because there's a freedom that comes with driving, but then there's also a freedom that I think comes with riding public transportation. Because, like I said before, I don't have to worry about traffic. Um, it's consistent, which is nice. I don't have mornings where there's a big accident and it's going to take me an extra hour to get into work because I'm on a train line um, that's not affected by that. So I think that we're missing out on just having a more stable stable commute in and, in and from work, um, mostly. I understand what you're saying. When I lived in Los Angeles, I took the bus across town to work when I was a teacher. I would work on stuff, read, listen to music, sometimes take a nap. <laughs> very, very helpful. Now, okay, so, you know, I'm, I'm interested in this mayoral race that's coming up. You know, some of the mayoral candidates have talked about what they want to have happen for developing a little bit more of a robust public transit system. Eric, how would you like our next mayor to really assist with creating more commuter rail access? Well, I, I think the current mayor and the city council have set us up well um, for uh, the bus rapid transit, a study that we're doing on Murfreesboro Pike. Um, and, and that was a huge investment. That's $12.2 million just to get that planning study going. So I, I think having similar, um, you know, uh, support 
in terms of funding for getting uh, the Wego Star, the equipment that it needs to get to be able to operate at the next level is, is important. But that's also um, a, a factor of these communities along the way on the Wego Star route that are the ones that actually support the budget for the Wego Star with RTA uh, along with the federal government. So uh, it's a matter of Mount Juliet and uh, Wilson County. And there's a great de- degree of interest. They're all on our RTA board and the very, very active and great supporters. Uh, it's just a question of that that's a lot of money um, and, and and we have to be able to show. And I think the development thing may end up being the thing that, that pushes things um, to the next level because once the developers start to get interesting, I think that you can see how that's going to be important for a city to be able to want to develop uh, in areas uh, around the train stations and uh, what that can mean for the city in the long term. I mean, that, again, I'm just kind of amazed that developers and the citizens of Nashville agree on something. Yes. That is yes. a moment for us to, to <laughs> canonize maybe in history. So, Sarazen, tell me finally, what steps do you want to see the city take in, you know, to, for, so we can have more commuter rail? I mean, I, I understand the the limitations and, and, the, and the, the hurdles that have to be overcome, but I think that more frequency of trips, um, having more options for different folks that are in different parts of the city. I'm very fortunate that I have this as a really easy option, but a lot of people don't. Um, so I think those are the main things that would make a big difference and would add to some flexibility and like being able to go out after work, for example, um, instead of having to be on this very strict, structured uh, schedule every time I come in would now, be great. Now, Eric, before we go, are there any more community meetings on deck? Yes, we have uh, some coming up this week. In fact, we've got uh, one tonight that's going to be uh, in Mount Juliet, and that goes from 6 to 7.30 p.m. at the uh, Chamber of Commerce. And then we've got one on Wednesday at uh, the City Hall there in uh, Lebanon. And, uh, you know, those have been really well attended. It's interesting, as Blaze said, the one out in uh, Donaldson, um, you know, had about 40 people in there. The people that ride the star are big supporters of the star. So we're glad that they turned out. And uh, we'd like other folks who are just interested to turn out as well. I want to thank my guests, Eric Melcher, the public information officer for WeGo Transit, and Sarazin Kokodinsky, a frequent commuter on the WeGo line. Thanks to you both for being with us today. And Ralkin Wagner will stick with us through the break. When we come back, we'll we'll look forward to the future of rail in our city and ask, what's possible? Will we ever have an expansive system? Do you think commuter rail is a good step for our city? Tweet us your thoughts at This Is Nashville. We'll be right back. Khalil Colonna, and this is Nashville. Commuter rail is a good option for a city with a growing population and a ton of traffic on its roads and highways. Here in Nashville, we all know about the congestion on our streets, but our commuter rail options are, frankly, not very strong. Before the break, we talked about the one option we do have, the WeGo Star. And while its services are limited, the people who use them truly enjoy them. So what else is possible for the future of rail in our city? My next guest is a transit advocate who has some ideas on where we can go. Jessica Dolphin is the president and CEO of the Transit Alliance of Middle Tennessee, and she joins me now. Jessica, thanks for being here. Welcome to This is Nashville. Thanks for having me. Really a pleasure. So, okay, our city is growing. Something yeah. that we all know, talk about all the time. It's 
you know, I'm thinking like you talk to people, you've been talking to people out there about transit and its limitations. What are they saying to you about what they want to see? Um, top of the list is more frequency. No one wants to schedule their day around the bus schedule. Um, next is uh, affordability. H how can they stay in their house? And then regional access uh, tops the list. And meeting after meeting, it surprises me that folks in Nashville are increasingly curious about accessing the region via transit. So tell me, what do you do with that information at the Transit Alliance? Right now, we are still in data collection mode. So we just ourselves released a digital survey component to the in-person listening sessions. This is an exercise in honestly, just listening to communities. I am in a lot of circles that um, pretend to portend to give uh, solutions, but I'm trying to find the real um, questions or the problems that we're solving. And, and I follow that up with uh, the in-person meetings with, well, what do you see as a solution? What would you support? Um, the idea is to bring this information back to WeGo, and I have been sharing that information uh, with WeGo um, and NDOT because some of it does fall under we, uh, NDOT's uh, purview in terms of safety and sidewalks and, and that. Um, ultimately, I want to present it to the new mayor and the new council. Okay, so this is your work and your passion. Mm -hmm. You talk to folks to hear what they want. Mm -hmm. I'm interested in you. Give me your wish list. Like, what are some new services or improvements on established ones that you would like to see? I would love to see some real um, tried and true gold level um, transit priority corridors, bus only lanes uh, for expediency and convenience. Right now, our buses are, are stopped in the same traffic as my car is stopped in. Mm. Um, so it's it's not much more convenient. Um, next, I would I would love to see uh, most, if not all, of our bus routes uh, high frequency. I'm talking nine to eleven minutes. Um, mm -hmm. So if I'm walking up to a stop or a station, I don't have to worry that my whole day is shot. If that bus is pulling away, I know it's going to be in the next ten minutes. Another one will be there for me. Um, I think, in large part, that's what attracts people to the light rail scenario. Um, that there's this understanding or um, expectation that it's just more convenient that way. But the, the fun fact is buses can be that convenient if we build the infrastructure for them. And the last thing I would love to see for Nashville is some 24-hour service. Mm, I was about to ask, would you like to see expanded later services? Absolutely. We have uh, our, our city, uh, our brand is built off of the creative, uh, you know, music city. Mm -hmm. brand. And so that doesn't lend itself to the easy nine to five commute. We have folks uh, working downtown and across the, the city uh, in off time hours, um, different shift work. Uh, and that it, just, uh, it just doesn't end um, and begin at nine and five. Now, transportation advocate and historian Ralkin Wagner is still with us. Thank you again for being on the mm -hmm. show. I saw you nodding your head as Jessica was giving us her wish. In agreement. List. Yeah, yes, full yes. agreement. Yeah, full agreement with that. You know, so you think about that. You think about Nashville. We were a town, a certain size of a town 20 years ago. Now yes. we're growing. A lot more people are coming here to this day constantly. How far behind are we 
in comparison to cities of a similar size, in comparison to an Austin, Texas, and what have you? I don't know if this is directly answering your question, but I, in my opinion, I don't think anyone force ever foresaw the growth that Nashville would experience in the past 10 or 15 years. So I think we're growing faster than anyone imagined. Um, transit planners have always been sort of ahead of, uh, ahead of things. They do everything they can, and, and we go, and a lot of other folks are doing fantastic with the resources they have. So the um, I don't know if we could do much more then um, work with the star and see how we can and what these public meetings they're having. They're trying to get feedback from people, and um, and I think they're going to do everything they can to adjust the schedule to meet uh, the post-COVID commuter uh, mm -hmm. crowd. I don't know if we can do anything with, as I said, the other railroad lines that have been that people would like to see implemented. Yeah. Um, so. I think our main focus, and and rightfully so, we go is focusing on bus or maybe bus rabbit transit, uh, bus only lanes, things like that. Bus. Uh, so, so bus is what we have with WeGo, but you know I don't want to harsh on harp on the past too much. Twenty eighteen, there was a referendum for light rail, sure, in, inclusive in the entire package that was voted down from voters. What would you say have been some of the other missed opportunities here in the city? Um, it's hard, hard to say. Um, we go, we go is continuing to make improvements. I, I don't know. Uh, we've got, uh, I think it was mentioned earlier in the program. Um, some folks on Capitol Hill, the legislature are not as on board with transit and spending money on public transit. So, um, the, the upcoming mayor's election will be big because several of the, um, at least three of the candidates are very, very, transit, transit is one of their focuses on. So um, we've had different administrations have had different attitudes on it. And there have been missed opportunities, but I think everyone's doing what they can to move us forward. I, I understand that, but I'm, I'm just interested in, you know, we've, like you said, we've had different administrations. They yes. have their focuses and what have you. We have our, our national delegation over in Capitol Hill. We also yes. have the state legislature that yes. moves, move, makes moves. But the, the through line is there's a lot of inaction on mm. the process. Jessica, tell me, what did we miss out on with all of this act, inaction over the last 25 years? Yeah, I mean, that brings to mind the quote, you know, when the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago, the second t best time is today. Mm -hmm. um, the same can be said at, uh, in terms of investing in transit and mobility infrastructure. Uh, certainly the best time would have been 25 years ago before we've broken um, our our um, development records year over year. Uh, this year, I just saw a, an article we've we've um, signed the papers on $9 billion of more development coming to Nashville. Um, so uh, just knowing, knowing the, the, the growth rate, I, I think that we have known for some time that we're going to be, um, a city uh, or a region of 2 million people today. We know we're going to be a, a region of over 3 million people mm. by about 2040, 2045, the greater Nashville regional council and our metropolitan planning organization, um, publishes this work. Uh, they're federally mandated to do so. Like we can see what's coming. I think our missed opportunity was really laying the groundwork. 
and and putting in that infrastructure when we had the the more right of way, when land was cheaper, when labor was cheaper, when all of the materials were cheaper. Um, uh, I, I will say that that would have made it a lot easier for us today. Um, one of the the large missed opportunities was a, a thing called the AMP which was a proposed 7.1-mile bus-only lane from East Nashville's Five Points to St. Thomas West, near mm-hmm. uh, right before Whitebridge Road. Mm-hmm. Um, that, at the time, was going to be a bus-only lane right down West End Avenue. Um, it was estimated to cost about $174 million in 2014. Today, that same exact seven-mile bus-only lane would cost closer to probably about $400 million. Wow. Mm. So the longer we wait, the less we get for a more expensive price. Talk to me about something you just mentioned when we're factoring the cost. Right of way. Mm. How does that factor in? Oh, it's huge. Um, um, Some of our regional land um, and property values have gone up some 200 to 400 percent since 2019 or 2020. We saw a huge spike in 2020 through 2022 in property values. Mm. You know, so the costs of creating these new systems is going up $100 million to $400 million. That's a considerable price tag, price jump. Mm. I'd like to really hear from both of you on this. Is there enthusiasm for committing funds to expanding our rail systems? Welcome. I think there is, especially as we get more and more people from different parts of the country moving here that have grown up or lived most of their lives previously in communities that did have better uh, commuter systems, whether it be commuter train, heavy rail, which is subway uh, elevated, and light rail, and also bus or rapid transit. They come here and they're saying, well, how come... The city's so big and doesn't have more. So there's all these expectations, which uh, we've covered in the transit authority classes. Um, the fact that people come here and they they saying, "Well, where is it? You know, how come we're not doing more?" So um, I think there'll be more emphasis on this when we get into this next administration. I think people are waiting to get a new mayor and see where they're priorities are going to be. Well, let me ask, I'm excited. Let me ask Let me ask you about that, Jessica. We have a new mayor. we got an election coming up in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Have you talked to the mayoral candidates about expansion? What have they said to you? Many of them. Um, some of them had called me to consult on the state of um, transit in Nashville. Um, you know, we've all seen their responses in the forums and the candidate questionnaires. Uh, they all understand that it, it is a hot topic. It's an issue um, they need to focus on, that they understand that. They all kind of differ, though, on how they would approach it. Like those, I, I can't find two um, potential mayoral candidates that are uh, the same in terms of addressing and finding those solutions, mm-hmm. and, and namely in, in funding it. Mm-hmm. Um, because it, in, a, in a lot of ways, what we're, what we're up against is the uh, political will to fund it. Um, and community outreach and education that I do, I see a lot of curiosity. I will say that actual rail is a galvanizing word, right? It, it, to a lot of people, it sounds like gentrification mm. 101. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, and, and whatever happens um, from that. So we, 
I tend to stay away from rail because I want to know what the community wants, right? What is the community going to support? We know that transit priority corridors will give people the most flexibility at a lower, at a cheaper price. Okay, so how could improving our rail system, pardon the term, that's okay. and, and, and how can we turn that into a public transportation system that really helps Nashvilleians? Um, by making it part of a really well-networked um, active mode of transportation system. We really need to network our sidewalks, crosswalks, uh, protected bike lanes, greenways, should all converge in nodes of transit stops um, so that uh, I can take, I can walk on my greenway if I live near greenway, that is safe um, to uh, a nearby transit stop, right? Um, or I can ride my bike on a protected, a protected bike lane, or I could just walk down the sidewalk. It, we need a really very well robust uh, connected system. You know, I like how you say robust, connected system, because sometimes it feels like taking public transportation, you're almost on your own mm -hmm. out here, as if the city's like, good luck getting to where you need to be at on time at that. You know, but you know, I'm interested in some of the conversations we have here on This is Nashville, and we just have out, I think, is being Nashvilleans. Affordable housing is a huge one, Our education system, and then there are other types of infrastructure. All of this is going to cost money and time as the city grows Rocket, I'm curious, what's the realistic outlook for transit getting a serious upgrade in the city? It's about just trying to realizing it's a priority that it is. Um, and I think we all agree that uh, it is much more affordable to build an additional um, railroad track or establish a, a even a light rail line that is to build uh, additional lane, keep widening our interstates, keep adding lanes. But it seems to be we keep we haven't learned our lesson with that yet. So do you think that rail and public transportation will be addressed or will it be pushed to the next stop? Sorry for the pun. OK, uh, what do you mean by that? Uh, that last part? Are, are they going to kick the can down the road again? It feels to me, it feels like that's what's been happening. It does at this point. I, I getting back. I think the gentleman that was here earlier, Eric, um, the, the thing that and maybe this isn't addressing it. One thing the star, the, the WeGo folks are trying to do is push for more transit-oriented developments, which is uh, housing and businesses that surround transit centers. And in the case of the star, I know they've done that uh, in Mount Juliet with great su success, and now they're doing it in Donaldson, and they're really on board with it. And there's some some. I had talked to some people, and they said there's one in the um, and but I, I haven't confirmed this. They're talking about the planning commission being involved in doing a similar um, transit-oriented development two miles east of downtown. I've heard yeah. around Fester's Lane, an area that's currently uh, industrial. They're wanting to put high rises and developments, and there's been some talk or speculation of maybe doing a a transit-oriented development there, uh, or in the terms they use, an infill station, which might be, uh, if they did this and it moved forward, might be an additional station between Riverfront downtown and Donaldson on the Star Line. All right, Jessica, how would you like to see the state get involved? 
Um, the state is involved. The state helps fund any project that we build for mobility. Um, and uh, they, you know, the governor and TDOT worked with the state legislature and passed the Transportation Modernization Act this year, which will give private companies the ability or the, uh, you know, approve them to uh, put up front their resources and pay to build an extra lane or a new lane, a new travel lane on one of our highways and, or interstates, like 24 or 65. Um, they will then be able to charge people to use that lane, called calling them choice lanes. Choice lanes, um, but part of that legislation allows transit buses to use those lanes. Mm-hmm. So for the first time, our regional commuters or uh, those accessing Nashville or the region uh, via bus uh, will be able to to zip through um, instead of sit in that same um, gridlock on twenty four sixty five or. 40. Now, Ralka, I'm interested. Are there other cities that have models that we could look to as an example for what we're trying to do? Well, I don't know if light rail is out of the question for Nashville, but there are some cities uh, uh, such as Charlotte, North Carolina, has a great light rail system and with feeder bus lines, and they have a central hub um, similar to what we have in downtown Nashville. Minneapolis, St. Paul has a good system with light rail and they actually have a commuter train very similar to uh, what we have with the star just kind of one single line that runs from downtown out to the suburbs and anyway they have a good one um cleveland has a system that that um involving light rail heavy rail and also uh, bus rapid transit uh, and so they're there's room for improvement. Uh, can you add anything? I, I just wanted to note yeah. that um, the cities that you're mentioning all spend more money annually per capita than, than Nashville. On transportation? On transit. Okay. Um, we are $60 per, uh, less per year than Memphis or Birmingham, $100 mm-hmm. less mm-hmm. per year than Louisville, $300 less, less than Cleveland, and $1,400 less than Denver. Wow. wow. So we're going to need to spend some more money regardless. Yes, sir. Yes, we're going to have to do. I want to thank my guests, Jessica Dolphin. She's the president and CEO of the Transit Alliance of Middle Tennessee. And Ralkin Wagner, who is a public transit advocate and historian and also the author of Nashville Streetcars and Interurban Railways. Thank you both for being with us today. Thank you. And thanks to you for tuning in this hour. This is Nashville as a production of WPLN News and Nashville Public Radio. Today's episode was produced by Magnolia McKay. Our senior producer is Steve Harouche. Michaela Elias is our technical director. Our executive producer is Andrea Tuthope. The masterminds behind our theme music are LaRange and Namir Blade. Special thanks to Tony Gonzalez and Michael Skipper. You can listen back at thisisnashville.org or wherever you get your podcasts. And the conversation doesn't end here. You can tweet us at thisisnashville.org or is it X? I don't know. The name changes all the time. Find us on Instagram and tell us what you want from our show by filling out our quick survey online. This is Nashville. I'm Khalil Ekelona. We'll see you tomorrow, everybody. And be good to each other.